0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on, guys? Joe McCall, the best coach ever here for the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm excited about this episode because we got a special guest. One of my, the reason I got this mug, by the way, is I think Todd Toback next to me is the number one coach ever because he helped me get started in this business and this cup is too full or else I would pull it back and show you. But like, this is the guy who got me started in the business back in 2008 doing lease options. And uh, we've been friends ever since and he lives in San Diego. We're gonna be talking about how to make massive, wildly profitable wholesale deals, even in difficult markets. When somebody thinks of Todd Toback, they think big deals in difficult markets when everybody else is complaining and whining that you can't do deals, it's too hard, wah, wah. Todd comes to the scene and says, BS, and he's killing it. He's been killing it for years and years. A lot of people call him the OG of wholesaling. He is in the house. We're going to bring him on. But first, I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by my book, REI Secrets. I talk about it a lot. Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom to Help You Get More Leads and Close More Deals. This is a fantastic book. One of my friends called it, who read it, who said, this is the tool of titans for real estate investors, if you're familiar, familiar with that book by Timothy Ferris. So get it for free, reisecrets.com. Every chapter is about two or three pages long. It reads kind of like a devotional. I wanted it to be something that would inspire you, motivate you, get you excited about talking to sellers and making offers and following up and building your real estate investing business and d- making deals and making a lot of money. So we bring Todd on? Todd Toback, how are you, brother?
1: I'm doing great, excited to be here, Joe. And I'm just excited to pour into the audience today. Hopefully we can get them some big checks. Yeah. large profit and uh, have some fun in the process. I'm excited because again,
0: you, you were used to be known as the big lease option guy, right? Back in the late mid to, to late 2000s. Once upon a time. And that's how oh you, I got started in the business. Your course changed my life and really helped me. And those of you that don't know, Todd, when I bought his course back in 2008, I was in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, spending the night in a crappy hotel, working on this big, huge power plant. And I had a free coaching call as a bonus to talk to Todd. And I was on the phone. I said, Todd, can you really actually make money doing this stuff? Can you really make a full-time? I think at the time, Todd, I was making 60 or 70 grand a year, which is not bad. And you said, yes, you can, of course. And that, for me, just flipped the slight switch, flipped it in me. And I said, all right, I can do it. I know I can do it. Fast forward six months. I quit my job. I was making more money doing lease options part-time. Now, since then, Todd has been—he's out of San Diego. And Todd, you've been doing some really, really big deals uh-huh. in San Diego—one of the most difficult competitive markets in the entire country. And you're not only doing deals there; you're doing deals in Florida, another super competitive, uh-huh. difficult market—at least what, that's what everybody thinks. And and Todd is known as the guy who is not afraid of any challenge, who can take big deals down, even in competitive markets, and you know. He's just—he's known all around kind of the wholesaling circles as one of the OGs in this business, and people go to him to get training and all that. So I'm glad you're here, Todd. Um, Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. You
1: know, Joe, I want to add a little bit something to that, though, because I don't care what market you're in. Ironically, I'm in three markets right now. We are in market of Florida. We're in San Diego, but we're also in Birmingham. Okay, I don't don't think I've told you that, Joe. But long story short, we are doing big deals in all those markets. So we actually have a quote unquote easier market, we've got a (laughs) medium market, and we've got a very, very challenging market. And out of all three of those, there's one thing in common, okay? And that is we do big deals that are wildly profitable that will, if you model what we're doing, okay, you're going to explode your income. And I'm talking about your net income profit. And I don't care whether you have no experience or what market you're in, okay? It it doesn't matter, right? And that's the one thing I want to reiterate is that we're going to show you how to do that on today's episode.
0: Well, let's talk about that.
1: You know, um, you, you, you're, you're a money machine, Todd. But I think one of the biggest things, Joe, that I really encourage people to do is um, is invest, right? Yes. I, I, one of the things that I just love about this business is that you can generate, again, paychecks of forty and $50,000. And I always encourage people to get off that treadmill, generate a lot of money, and take that forty or $50,000 they make and take 40% of that and invest it in something that's going to pay them over and, over and over and over and over and over again, right? And so I just love that cycle where, again, you could generate big deals, generate huge profits, and then put that money to work where it's your slave, right? Because that's what everyone is looking for. They're looking to get out of the rat race and to be able to do that. And so today, because of this business, I'm able to take about eight, eight uh, weeks of vacation Every single year, we buy what we want to buy. We go on the vacations when we go on vacations. We work, we want to work. And uh, at some point, there was a uh, delayed gratification where, let's say, we talked about that, that beat up old truck that I had or you know, not buying the new cars. But eventually, eventually, you get to a point where that money just starts working for you. So if you can combine these mm. big deals that I'm talking about, right, they give you margin. What does margin mean? Margin means that if you get to a point where you're generating, and again, this may seem, you know, like a lot, but you're generating four or five hundred thousand dollars a year net or a million dollars a year net or two million dollars a year net, imagine how fast that you can build wealth if you take 40% of that and invest it. So we're gonna to talk today about that first part because Good. I love I love saving, I love investing, I love doing that. But you know, if you don't want to live like a miser, which I don't suggest you do right? I suggest living on a small portion of your income. You got to, you, you got to increase your income. And that's what we're going to talk about today.
0: That's funny because I'm friends with your brother, Tom, as well. And Tom and I always, when we're talking to each other, um, give you a hard time behind your back. I apologize, Todd, but you're know. always the more disciplined one who's, oh, yeah. more, who's better with the money who doesn't like spending it on stupid stuff. And me and Tom are the exact opposite. We always spend way too much money. We don't look at prices on the menu and, and, and when we're shopping. And Todd, who makes more money than both of us, is like super smart with your money, which I like about you, Todd. That's one thing I like about you. All right, so we're, it, we're not talking about more deals. We're talking about bigger deals, right? Todd, talk about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I think, uh, you and I have both been part of masterminds, right. Um, and, or we're in a, uh, a setting where there's 200 or 300 students Everyone's everyone's like, Oh, that guy does, you know, hundred deals a year or 200 deals a year, or that guy's going, you know, nationwide. And so one of the things that I noticed, you know, sometimes coaching makes you a better investor. And one of the things that I noticed between, uh, over the years is that, you know, my business seemed to be a lot more profitable then the guys who were either in multiple markets were doing a lot of deals, you know? And so I'm like, well, what, you know, what's the deal with that, you know? And I had a mentor tell me, you know, of course you want to do a lot of deals as long as those deals are the best deals, yeah. right? If you, if you can, you know, structure your deals where you're hitting those maximum profit because we went over like the time it takes to do a smaller deal. And at the end of the day, we just noticed that the smaller deals were taking up the most time, right? The absolute most time. And so it, basically we decided, hey, you know what? What if we just focused on making $50,000 a deal? That was our that was our kind of the point where we you know started doing that. Well, I remember so, you were
0: doing deals in Oklahoma at the time. You're living Oh in my gosh. I mean,
1: what a nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, I, I just woke up, holy holy crap. That's like PTSD, right? But it wasn't Oklahoma ironically, right? It was because you know, we were trying to escape right? We're trying to escape from, you know, leaning into the difficulty of where we were, right? It was a distraction. We were looking at the grass as greener thinking, oh my gosh, if we could just, you know, find someplace easier to do business, well then, you know, we could double or triple what we're doing. So it's funny that you brought that up because we started doing deals in Oklahoma and we started doing deals in Cleveland and yeah, we made some money. Our deal count definitely went up and I could tell you that it was the uh, single worst six month history in terms of net profit in front of our our company. Now I can tell you this: is that all our sales team members were high fiving each other and they felt good, uh, but at the end of the day, we noticed, hey, the net profit isn't coming. So, Joe, we're going to talk about a couple of things yeah, on this that uh, a couple tips that you can use when you're negotiating. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to talk about some things in the back end that if you're negotiating, that you could do these big profitable deal is that yeah. okay yeah yeah please yeah joe give me 10 seconds here by the way and i uh, forgive me my charger fell out of the wall here over here so i got to charge it here yeah. I gotta plug that back in
0: i'll just drink from my coffee cup while you do that and show everybody the number 1 if you're listening to the audio podcast here you can see my cup it says best coach ever and underneath it says number 1 ah. a student sent me this cup todd and i i sent to uh, gavin as a joke a mug that says second best coach ever and the bottom says number 2 On Gavin's cup. Anyway. Yeah. How was that for a time
1: filler? That was awesome. That was amazing. (laughs) This is not your first rodeo. So Joe, so, so let me talk about some things here. Okay. Um, the first thing is when you are negotiating is that a lot of people have what I call the income thermostat. Okay. And by the way, again, I don't care what market you're in. Okay. If you're in a low dollar market or a high dollar market, it does not matter, right? The size of your deal matters. Okay. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So before you say, and you, and you shut this off and say, Oh, San Diego or Florida or whatever that would be fake news. Okay. It's fake news because I've done an $80,000 deal right on a house that I sold for $90,000. Okay. Does that make sense? So I've done an $80,000 deal on a house that I've sold for $90,000, right. And out in the, you know, total boonies, right. Of the desert in California, by the way, that, by the way, that was the, my, the most margin. I've made right on and such a on a, on a, yeah, on a yeah. such a small price house. Yeah. So the first thing that you have to do is um, check your income thermostat. So imagine that we are in a um, we're in a cabin, right? And in a cabin, and we've got the thermostat on, right? And Joe, what happens when the heat, right? The 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 the, the room reaches the temperature, right? Of the thermostat, what happens? The heat turns off. Heat turns off. Well, that's how most people operate their business, right? And what do I mean by that? Well, if you ask people what their average wholesale deal size is, they will see a pattern, right? They, you'll see the people who do five to seven normally do five to seven. You notice the people who do 10 do 10, right? Or the 20 or 20. And so you start to see this pattern of what they expect they get. And someone's yeah. going to say, no, that's not true. Yes, it is, right? Case in point. Right now, Joe, if I said, hey, go work at McDonald's, Right. There's nothing that I could do to get you to work at McDonald's, right? Because your income is way above that. Your thermostat says, no, I'm not going to make $10 or $15 an hour, depending on what part of the country you're at, (laughs) right? You are not going to work for that. Yeah. Right. So you have, you personally have that thermostat. I have that thermostat. But the people who work at McDonald's right now, their thermostat is right then and there. Even if they go someplace else, like I want to raise, they'll go to someplace that is 16 or 17. Thousand dollars, right? So, what you have to do is intentionally raise your thermostat. You have to say, I'm going to go from 10 to, you know, 10 to 30 or 30 to 50 or 50 to 70 or 70 to 100 and create an intentionality of where you are going. All right. Because you're never going to get more than you shoot for. Ain't going to happen, right? You're never going to get more than you shoot for. So, that's the first question. Joe, you're nodding. It sounds like you have a question.
0: No, I'm writing notes. It's really good. Yeah.
1: And that is so real and it's so true. And if you don't believe me, just try it. We did this course one time. It was live. It was called bigger deals. And we had like 15 people in there. And, uh, basically the goal of the class was to double the deal, the deal size. And the first thing I said is, Hey, what are you doing now? And where do you want to go? That was like the first thing that we did. Right. And before we even taught the mechanics of the course, the next week, someone's like, Oh my gosh, I just did the biggest wholesale deal I've ever done. Right. (laughs) Even before we got into the mechanics, the week one was the mindset. Oh yeah. That's you. It was completely nuts. Right. And so, um, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I would say is decide. Okay. The other thing, the the second part of this, and again, it does not matter if you have experience or you're brand new, right. Is, is what you say and how you say it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I talk about, by the way, is I have a script that we use. And part of that skill is to get the seller to give you a number for the house. Now you're gonna say, duh, Todd, I've already heard that. but we're gonna dig a little bit deeper on that, Joe. Okay? okay? Yeah, so by the way, is it okay if I tell people about the script they can download the script? Yeah, where do they go? And I'll type that in here. Yeah. so I've got a script that I'm going to give totally free to the uh, to your audience today, Joe. So to go to no limits real dot com dot com forward slash script. okay, and Joe's gonna put this up here, no limits real dot com forward slash script. and this is the exact same use. exact same script that we use. In our company, but here's what you have to do: is um, there's an uncomfortable process that you have to go through, right? So let's talk about the laydown. The laydown is when you ask a seller and they come in and they give you a number so low, you're even flabbergasted they said that. You run over the house and get the contract, right? And if you got a deal by accident, that's great. And I believe me, I hope that you get a million of those. But the truth is, in today's market, those are like few and far between. Most people aren't going to talk about how motivated they are if they are right? They know that whoever mentions a number first loses. So what I recommend is you asking the seller and getting a number out of them what you're going to purchase their house for, but you got to ask five different ways, five different ways. And what you're, what's going to happen is that you are going to get resistance on getting that number. And so there's this uncomfortable thing where you have to say, you know what? I'm going to dig deeper. I like the tension. I'm going to Dig in to see if there's something here. So one of the things we talk about is if someone says, hey, if I could pay all cash and close quickly, what would be the best price you consider if there were no real estate commission or other costs to pay? And you wait. And if you don't get the answer, then you ask a different way. And you say, can you just give me like a ballpark? That's the second way. The third way is do you have a best guess? So that's the third way. The fourth way is, well, do you know what uh, other houses are selling for in the area? Right. And go from there. And then, okay, were you expecting retail or would you be able to come off that number some? And what would that look like? Hmm. Yeah. Right. That's good. That's for now, at this point, if someone's not getting the answer, you're like, oh my gosh, what if I, I can't ask again? Right. And this is so interesting. And let me know if you've ever experienced this, Joe. Oh, yeah. I know exactly where you're going. This is good. So now someone's, you know, face to face with somebody and they now view this person as sophisticated. They're like, this person's sophisticated. They're not that motivated. So now I'm just going to throw out a high number because, you know, they're purposely hiding this from me. And if I go too low, I'm going to lose the deal. So we shrink, go back into our comfort zone, and then we do a five dollars or $7,000 deal. Okay. I, I almost have to run to the bathroom because I feel nauseous. Okay. <laughs> no. so now comes the courage phase, Joe. The Joe. courage phase. So Dan Sullivan talks about the four phases of a new capability growing, right? And the first one, is commitment. So we did that in the first stage, commit. We committed to do big deals. The second part though is courage. And the courage is what do we do when we get scared? Right? What do we feel like we're going to lose the old us? Right? We're going to lose the deal. Right? We're going to lose the seller. And so what do we have to do? That's that courage phase that Dan Sullivan talks about. And you know, the third phase of that is what they call capability, where we actually learn how to do this. And the fourth part is actually competence. Well, everyone wants to get right to the, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the third is competence where we know how to do it. And the fourth is confidence. Everyone wants to jump to confidence, right? That's where everyone wants to do because it feels good, right? We don't like to be uncomfortable. So we have to jump to that courage phase and jump in here. And and if they won't give us a number, then you go in really low, really, really, really low. And so if they're saying, okay, let's say that you know that you could sell this house for 150 or 250. I'm gonna recommend that you go in and try to make 70, 80 grand on that deal. And so going a, a number so low that you think the seller's going to hang up on you, go so low. Now that comment that uh, their reaction is something that we call a stealth mismatch. So you go so low, it's probably going to elicit one of two responses. One, it's going to say, I'd consider it. Well, if that's true, get in your car, get over there and get the contract. Right, <laughs> or send a docu sign, or get a notary over there. Yeah, yeah. But but two is they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was way less than I was expecting. I was expecting Ooh. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Well, obviously now they did have a number in mind, yeah. right? And now you've got the fish on the line, and now you could start that negotiation right there. Okay. That's so really that is point. my first tip: is that number one, you've got to decide. Number two is that now you've got to have that courage. Ask five different ways. If you don't get it, and you can let this is all in the script, by the way, no limits forward slash script.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. It's really, really good.
1: Yeah. It, on there, there's the four, uh, the five questions that you can use, you know, from there. Hey, it, by the way, if you can invent some of your own, I'd love to send those. You could, you know, give us some feedback in the comments here, but you've got to ask that, you know, that's really, 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 you, you've got to ask that. So,
0: well, this script is fantastic. And if you're watching this or listening to this right now, why have you not gone to get this script? This is something that will can, can take you from making just 5 to 10 grand per deal or 5 to 10 grand a month to 20 to 30 40 grand or more per deal just by asking better questions, right? And the uh, by the way your scripts have been huge for me in my business, Todd. Um, I don't know why I didn't introduce you with this, but looking back even at my lease option deals, the scripts that you gave in that lease purchase wealth Mm -hmm. course that you had, fantastic. And Mm -hmm. the example seller calls that you did, it's just the asking the questions, the negative phrasing, the the takeaway. Um, You have some amazing, you have some of the best sales training that I've ever seen in any kind of, uh, of any real estate uh, investor. So again, guys, go to nolimitsrealestateinvesting.com slash script. And if you're watching this right now, live on YouTube or Facebook, type in the comments, just tell us hi, tell us hello, where you're from, but Mm -hmm. let us know, give me a yes, uh, confirm that you downloaded the script and got it. I literally went to the link and got my, got the script from you in my email, like five seconds later. So what else, Todd?
1: You want to? Yeah. So I'm going to give two more tips. Okay. And the second tip that we talk about is conditioning. So understand that this is a, a a process, you know, and I can tell you, I remember when we built, um, the pool in our backyard and it was like $150,000, right. And the first thing that the contractor did when he came over, you know, he was just like, you know, this is a big investment in your family, right? I'm not the cheapest guy, you know out there, but you're going to have, you know, the nicest pool and everyone's going to be like, Ooh, and eyeing, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be awesome. So I'll send it to you. If you're looking for like a rock bottom price, I'm not the guy he just started. I mean, I'm noticing this and I'm like, Oh, you know? And so he started to say that. And then he, then he said to me, you know, if you c- go with other contractors, you know, you might actually get a lower bid, just heads up. Right. But this is what I do and it's craftsmanship and, you know, going from there. Right. And then yeah. he threw in a little bit later, Hey, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is speed. Right, so you know we're out of here in eight weeks, eight to ten weeks, and you know some other guys just might be lower. They take a little bit longer, you know. An FYI, but you know again we get compensated for that speed and efficiency. We never have to come back for any issues whatsoever. So by the time that I got this, my wife was like loving this guy, right? She was loving this guy, and the problem was is that he built up so much trust and equity, and key conditioned us for so well. By the time to- you know, by the time that we got the estimate, I knew it was going to be just astronomical, right? And um. Long story short, he gave us the invoice and we hired him the next day, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> right? And, 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 and didn't really shop anybody else. The guy was conditioning us the entire time. It wasn't like just like a bomb. Yeah. And we love the pool and we use it all the time. And we're so glad that we went with him. So you have to do the same thing with sellers. From the moment that you go over there, you are giving them options, other options besides you. You're telling them that they're going to trade a little bit of equity for speed and convenience. Again, all in that script that we're going to talk about. Uh, When you go over to the property, you never argue with a seller. Never, ever, ever argue with a seller. You look at things, and I I learned this from Sean Terry, is you look at imperfections in the house, and you never say a word about them. You never argue. You never say, "Well, what about this?" Right. You just touch them, look at them, make a funny face, right, and just write it down. Write something down, and so you raise the pressure (laughs) in this. Yeah. You ask questions like like you know.
0: How old is the roof? How did this happen?
1: Yeah. How old is the roof? i be like, okay, is it, uh, is, you know, do you have upgraded plumbing? Right? No. Hmm. Okay. And so you ask that and you don't argue if they say, well, I built it or it's quality. Just never argue. Just ask questions that will lead to the answer that you want. Condition, 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 and condition. Right? And then you, you know, you go from there. Then you want to build rapport, right? Keep a friend. It's like a, it's like a little bob and weave, bob and wheel. So, so condition. Build rapport. Condition, build rapport. If they start arguing about, you know, the condition of the house, never do it. Ever, ever, ever. Just keep those thoughts to yourself. And so you want to be doing that the entire time. So even if they quote you a higher price that they wouldn't go below, got to soften them up, right? Because what we do is we are in the business of trading equity for speed and convenience, right? They trade equity for speed and convenience. Yeah. And the more they understand that, right, the better deal you're going to get. I said this, I got interviewed on a, on a, on a deal remember this, size matters, okay? Size matters, size matters in real estate. It is, it will be the, the game changer for your business, I promise you, okay? So that's the second thing I'm going to talk about. But the third thing, and this is also so easy, I mean, any single one of these could double your deal size, but this one is one of my favorites. And that is when most people sell a property, they are normally selling to a cash buyer whom they've developed a relationship with where, where the cash buyer is the mentor and they're the kind of mentee. It's all over the place, right? And you're like, oh, and, and you're wondering maybe if you're one of those people. Well, if you have two or three cash buyers and they're quote unquote friends of yours, right? Guess what? You are one of these people. If you're like, oh, well, I've got a relationship with this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I bet. I bet you have a relationship with this guy because if you're leaving twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on the table in every single wholesale deal you do, I'm sure they love you. And there's a reason why. They love you. Yeah. So with all the marketing that you do and all of the work that you do, don't drop the ball at the five yard line. You want to sell this for the maximum amount of profit, especially in this market. So I'm going to give you a couple of ways to do that. Number one is that I highly suggest that you go and you rebuild your buyers list. Okay. So if you're starting from now, by the way, if you've you haven't done this, right? And you're starting over, that's good. You just just know that you need at least, at least 40 or 50 active cash buyers. Now, this is not getting a bunch of cash buyers list from other wholesalers. Okay? That that is low on my priority list. I want you to do two things. Number one is I want you to either go down to the auction and find everyone who's buying at auction, right? Or you could hire some intern to do that and have someone to do that and pay them pay somebody 25 bucks a name to have people sign up on your buyers list from there. So for me, I've got an intern that we hired uh, to go down there and we just said, hey, we're gonna give you 25 bucks a name for every cash buyer that you get at the auction. And uh, we sent him down there and he came back, he was there for two hours and he made 350 bucks. That was awesome for him, right? Great for me. And we've got, and those people on my buyers list today. The second thing that you can do though is uh, go to PropStream and you can download, I know that John, I think you also have a data company here on the podcast that you recommend. PropStream. Uh, Yeah, so you want to download all the buyers off PropStream. And I would either uh, skip trace them and I would call them, text them, and mail them, right? And so you, you'll, you'll build a list and you don't have to do this all at once, but over a period of three months, you could build that up to a hundred real significant cash buyers. This is not a bunch of you know other wholesalers, real people who you know, because if you mail to them, you know, they're real. And if you go to the auction, you know, they're real. Next is that every property that you have should be sent out in a format where everybody goes at the same exact time, they get a fifteen-minute window. You get a property inspection that you get when you have a seller. You actually get a property inspector there at the same time. Okay, and so when you go to the house, there's a complete feeding frenzy at the house. The other buyers see it, right? The sellers see it, and you may be asking me how, how do I handle that? And I can talk about that if you want. And what you'll create is a, a bidding uh, a bidding for the property. And I can yeah. tell you that we go from deals that you know if you're making twenty, you're going to make fifty or sixty. If you are making 40, you're going to be making 60 or 70, right? And so I I highly recommend that you do that, highly. And if you're not, you're leaving too much money on the table. Your old cash buyer relationships will change. They will be upset that you're not selling to them anymore. You're going to have to get past that, get past that, that awkwardness, right? Don't worry. They'll eventually come back, right? As long as you're open and upfront and honest about the process.
0: Yeah. Do you ever list your
1: properties on the MLS all the time? So I wasn't going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do both of those. So I absolutely recommend that you list the properties on the MLS, but but you do the same process. And so we like to list on the MLS about $10 to $20,000 lower than we think that we get for the property. So remember when we talk about that whole courage thing? Right? People are like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to list too low. Oh my gosh, oh, you know, I'm going to lose a deal." Trust me on this. List $20,000 below what you think it'll sell for. Bid it up. Get a feeding frenzy there, do a 30 minute window, right? Have your property inspector there, right? And sell it for the highest and best. Yeah, that's really good. You could do that for vacant land too, Mm. right? That's another way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Can I ask you some questions? Well, first of all, we got some comments here. Valerie, uh, Joe, you're the best coach. Thank you very much. Thanks for introducing me to Todd Toback. I signed up for his sales training. Isn't it good, Valerie? Thank you, Valerie. Daniel from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. And Todd's the man from Facebook user. Nice, two living legends right here. Cool guys. Thanks for the comments. Keep on bringing them in. And again, go to NoLimitsRealEstateInvesting dot com slash script. investing dot com slash script and download the script. I'm looking at it right now. Super simple, but super powerful um, on how to talk to sellers. All right. So I want to ask you some questions, Todd, about. One of the things I learned from you early on was about not letting your leads fall through the cracks. No lead left behind. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. What does that mean?
1: Sure. Well, uh, one of the things that I'm really going to reiterate, Joe, is uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, what's, what's the, my favorite marketing channel to use? Or I did this marketing channel and it didn't work. And I find that laughable because I'll say, well, what do you do with all the leads that you got? right? What, what happened to, you know, the, how many leads do you have? Oh, I had 200. Okay. When was the last time that you called any of those people? So think about this. What are the chances that a motivated seller is ready to sell the exact time that you send them a text or a voicemail or a call or a mailing piece? What are the chances that when they get is the, the exact time that they're ready to move?
0: Oh, very, very small.
1: Very small. But most people treat that and they're like, okay, if these people don't call and that smoking hot, ready to go right now, I'm just going to let it go. It's dead. I can tell you that 95% of our deals are follow-up. So every deal that comes with our database, you have every every call, there has to be some kind of follow-up task to follow up with that person and or you send a written offer, right? And or, and then there's follow-up tasks month after month after month after month after month. Yeah. Pretend like you spend, I don't know, $2,000 a month in marketing, which I think maybe is the, the average for a new investor, right? $500 a week. All of that money, right, will be come back to you three to four months from now, right? If you're expecting to come back in a month, right, that's why you are not maximizing the deals. One of the things that I'm going to tell you, especially, especially doing big deals, Joe, imagine that you have spent, again, I I want to use numbers here for the, the, you know, smaller numbers here, but let's say you're spending a thousand dollars a month. And over a year, you spent $12,000. And because of that, you did two deals and you averaged $15,000 a deal. So that's $30,000 and you spent 12. Well, if you take a look at your profit margin, that's, you know, okay, right? But imagine for a moment, and this is 100% real life, that if you, number one, close two more deals because of what I'm telling you, right, today, about number one, following up with those prospects that you miss by not following up every single month. And now you increase that deal from 20 to forty, right? Well, now you brought in two forty thousand dollar deals, so that's eighty thousand, and now your old deals, which were let's say were fifteen dollars, fifteen thousand a piece, is thirty, right? You now added additional twenty five to that each, so that's additional fifty, right? So eighty plus fifty is one thirty plus the original, you know, thirty that you were going to make one sixty. So excuse me if I messed up my math here, right? But now you made one sixty on a twelve thousand dollar spend look at those game changing numbers, Like Complete game changer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good. Nice. And it's all about, you know, I, I think of it as like, you're you're never going to hit a target that you're not aiming at. Yep. And, and when I was, um, there was a period of time in like 2011, 2012, when I was transitioning from lease options to more cash wholesaling deals. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about these same things back then, Todd, but I had an acquisitions manager at the time. He was a great guy. But he was like, I can't believe we can make this much money doing what we're doing. And he was happy to make three grand a deal. He could not believe that you could make 10 grand or more. And he says, Joe, like $3,000, that's a lot of money. That's as much as you make in a month. He Uh was a part time pastor. I said, well, okay, yeah, it is, but we need to shoot higher. And he said, but Joe, I go to the RIAs and everybody says the average profit per deals here are like three to five grand. Yep. Nobody makes more than five grand. And so I said to him, all right, let's do this. And I walked him through this process. It took about a month. I said, I want you to, sh- instead of trying to get three, I want you to try to get 5,000, all right? And just may- put that into your offer. And I gave him a formula to put $5,000 and expect that, all right, just start expecting that. So after a week, we did a few deals like that. And I said, all right, next week, let's try to get $7,500. And then after that, we went to $10,000. And after that, we went to fifteen. And b- right about that time, we we parted ways as friends and he started doing his own thing. But like every time I made him aim higher, guess what happened? We started making more profit, more because he was just expecting it. He was asking for it. And uh, he he went from by the t- we worked together about a year, but he went from just happy and thrilled to make three grand a deal to making 10 to 15 grand on a deal. Just it's all in the head, isn't it?
1: Uh, completely. Right. I mean, uh, ironically, you could have told them 30, right. You know, a thousand dollars, right. And he accepted it. And the funny thing is I say, if people will say, well, people around here do three to $5,000. Well, I always say, well, that immediately tells me I need to raise it. Right. Because if I'm doing what the majority is doing, right. Then I know I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right. I say you are a renegade. So if you want to be in the top 1%, right. Then you got to be different, right. You got to be, you know, shaking things up, be the trendsetter and, you know, don't go back to the norm. You know, I mean, everyone who does anything amazing does things just a little bit different.
0: All right, so what other tips do you have, Todd, how to make more money per deal? How to squeeze more juice out of that lemon?
1: Well, the first thing is remember to download the script. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So get to know that script, understand it, you know, make it part of your uh, absolute bones. I'll give you one more tip here, okay, on how to do much bigger deals. So what we have found so right now we've got approximately a dozen deals that we have right now that we're going to make about $80,000 on, right? Average, obviously those are all over the place. Some are 50, some are 120, you know, but we just said our average right now with what we have under contract, um, either that we, we're, we're owning it and it's on the market or we're going to wholesale is about $80,000.
0: The average um, profit on each one? Yep, average. Okay, I yep. thought you said the
1: total. No, average of okay. 80. So, you know, 12 times 80. So about a million bucks. And which market right there? both in, well, just, I mean, just in Florida, that's just in Florida. Okay. So that one market is there right now. Uh, I mean, you know, Birmingham has uh, I have partners on the ground there, but they said about, they got 350 to 400 under contract there. Nice. So, you know, and again, that's just for what's going to be closing in the next two to three months that's under contract. But the one thing that I would say is if you have a property, right, the bigger, the problem that you solve, the more money that you're going to make, but there's a diminishing return there. Right, so I don't suggest people get into the rehab game. That's not my recommendation to you. But if you could solve a problem that most people view as really scary, but it's super easy for you, do you think you should take a look at that? Yeah, yeah. You know, so the thing I say is, okay, what where where can you make the most money for the the a little downside? So we're a big fan of either improving the property's situation before closing, or or buying it. And handling a problem that's big to some people, but it's actually small to us, and then selling the property. Let me give you two, two examples. Number one is we love houses that are like the hoarder houses, right? They're filled with crap. They're disgusting. They smell, you know, uh, we've got a couple of those right now. I mean, there's dog feces everywhere, and it's just nasty, right? We know that once we get it and we just clean it out, we don't fix anything, but we just clean it out, pull out the carpets, and stick it right back on the market. We know that we could sell that for 40 grand more, right? $40,000 more, just like that, yeah. right? Super easy, and we can do that. So I, I, I tell everybody, you wanna line up private money or get partners so that you have the ability, or, or line up a hard money lender, which is so easy in this market. I mean, money is everywhere. So if you're like, I don't have the money, uh, yes, you do. We're gonna do a whole other podcast about that, just that. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, is or by the way, you could have that with a bad tenant. So we'll we we take over a house that has a month-to-month lease. That's got a tenant that's going to be in there for another 60 days. We'll get it, get them cash for keys, get it vacant and handle that situation. The third thing though, is that maybe there's a bigger deal, but it's not, you don't want to take it down, right? Maybe the risk is not worth actually buying it and and taking it. So here's a little trick. You can actually improve the property before you close on it, while you don't own on it. Okay. So Joe, you're famous for lease options. This is kind of like a short-term Lease option because you can control the property without owning it. So for example, if the margin's too thin for us to take it down, or we don't want to, take it down means buy it. We'll go in and we'll say, hey, Mr. Seller, do you mind if we just clean out the property before we close? Right? It'll give us a head start, right? And we can start marketing our end. Right. Nine times out of 10, no problem. Yeah, you're going to clean out all the trash? Great. So we'll come in, clean out the trash, stick it right on the mark. Two, maybe you got a nasty tenant in there. Maybe the margin's not good enough to take down. Get the, sa- the seller to give you power of attorney to get the tenant out, get it vacant, put it on the market, wholesale it that way. You can make an extra $20,000, dollars 40000 without taking it down. And so people think this is some big Herculean effort. Remember, I mean, all these little tweaks are going to send your profit to the roof, right? Number one, I mean, just to, to summarize, number one, expect more. You expect more, you're going to do more. Number two, use a script, right? It's right on the screen, investing.com forward slash script, yeah. right? Three, you know, negotiate harder. Four, get a lot of cash buyers that are going to bid for your properties. And then five, do stuff to the property even before you close to sell it for more. It's okay if you do four the right way and one doesn't work out, right? Do the math, do the math, right? You're going to see your profit go through the roof. So Joe, that's all I got for today. There's lots more. I mean, we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but that's, I think that's all I'm going to cover on today's episode.
0: That's fantastic. Todd Toback. No Limit Real Estate Investing, no limits real estate investing dot com slash script. And you can see the I'm looking at it right now. It's this great, very simple seller script for motivated seller leads. Todd, you have a good podcast as well, No Limits Real Estate Investing Podcast. It's been a, you've been doing this for a long, long time. And uh, you come out with episodes, what, about twice a week? It looks like two or three times a week? a week.
1: Twice a week. Yep.
0: Nice. Six rules for quickly solving issues and challenges or conflicts in your real estate business. A step-by-step walkthrough of our in-house motivated seller script. What do you say when the seller says no? How does get sellers to agree to do business with you before even going on the appointment? How, oh, I love this. How to find local drivers to find smoking hot wholesale deals for you. How to get out of your comfort zone to reach your next level in business. How to, how to mentally prepare sellers to accept a low ball offer. That's fantastic. And uh, what do you do when you find out you're competing with other wholesalers for the same property?
1: That was a really popular episode, by the way. That was? That, that just came out. A lot of people um, uh, a lot of people d- downloaded that one. Maybe, it, can it
0: you just... talk about it just real quick? What do you do when you find out there's other wholesalers competing against the same property you're talking to the you, They're going to
1: have to listen to the episode, Joe. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> All right, and they can find that podcast just by go to any podcast player, do a search for No Limits Real Estate Investing Podcast, or do a search for Todd yep. Toback, and you will find it. And leave him a good review. Leave yeah. him a good review if you're listening uh, to him on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah. And by the way, if you download the scripts, right, you'll you'll be on our email list. So you'll also get notifications of the new episodes that come out. Nice.
0: Cool, Todd. Any parting thoughts you want to give to us?
1: No, I mean, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Make it happen. I can tell you that this business has changed my life. If you do what I'm telling you, it'll it'll change yours. And this is the difference between um, success and, and failure. And I can tell you that in, in my business, just our, our team loves it. Right. Less yes. deals, bigger deals. And it, it, you're going to feel like you're off the treadmill and running through the mountains yeah. at a million miles an hour. So
0: do you still have your, um, and your podcast, do you still have the, uh, all well, the ones you did with Tommy, your brother? Yeah, those are the old ones are
1: still on there. Uh, are, they the nice. ones are on there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we uh, update a lot of stuff has changed, right? Do with or die. Lot. That's what it was. The do called. or die series a lot of stuff has changed since then, you know, but it's interesting listening to those old ones.
0: Yeah. So when you go to his podcast or you go to his website, No Limits Real Estate Investing Podcast, com, you can find your old episodes there, right? Yep. He had an episode series they did with Tom Kroll, his brother, called the Do or Die Series. And that was when Tom was just getting started in the business. And the very inspirational, motivational, it's exciting to see great coach that you are pushing somebody who wasn't necessarily listening to you and everything you told him to do, but eventually figured it out that, yeah, yep. you're right. <laughs> and I need to do what you say. And yep. Stop questioning that and stop changing things. Really, really fantastic. Well, thank you, Todd. You're a good friend. Appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your wisdom and your help and you know the inspiration, the good things that you're doing in our industry and in, in this space. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks, my man. On one more time, guys, go to nolimitsrealestateinvesting.com slash script and get his script right there. You'll be glad you did. We'll see you all later. Thanks, Todd.